0: The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by MikesArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit Mike'sArchery.com and get your gear now.
1: Right here, right here, right here, here. Yeah, you want it? Yeah. All right, we back. Episode one eighty two review of Oppenheimer. And we're going to reserve, what, the first 10 minutes of this for no spoilers?
0: Yeah, I think this is how I have it in my head. I want each of us to do a short movie review of like what we think of it without spoilers, so not giving anything away. That way the people who are listening who haven't gone and see it can get our opinion, decide whether they want to go see it, and if they do, they can pause it there so that nothing... I mean, technically, you could Wikipedia it and figure out
1: exactly what I was about to say, we, do, we, do we just say spoilers ahead if you want to go watch it? Don't no, listen to this podcast? We, do, we
0: do a short one without spoilers. That way people can get a little bit of a taste for it before we go into it. <coughs> and I think we just do round table. Okay. One after the other. Roundtable. So that we can each put in our, our uninterrupted thoughts. Okay. And I think we'll go... Uh, left to right, as is the standard in
2: Western reading. Our <laughs> we left or their left? Their left, their left.
1: So Clay goes so first. Me first.
2: Yes. Are we going by what we like, did not like, or just overall everything at one time?
1: I think you just give like a very general.
2: I want like a general.
0: So
1: can I can I start this off first? Let me start this off with something, because no, I'm no. not going to talk about the film.
0: Also, I was trying to think of a unique rating system, you know, because every every like podcast has their unique rating system, and I thought. Now this will be more difficult for me than you guys, so I might have to get a little more Most things are more difficult for you. No, it's <laughs> because I'm dumb in this specific arena. I'm not as experienced. I think you should rate the movie as if it was a white-tailed deer. Oh, no. I think that would be Let's unique. just
1: give it a, a grade like you'd get in school.
0: You think uh, uh, try to do something unique? Try to do something cool? And you guys are like,
1: Nye. All right, so let me start out with this. So I know... <laughs> well, I thought
0: it was kind of a good idea, didn't you? No, I it. he it's gave like, it a
1: huge thumbs down. Um So... I thought it was unique. Okay, we can do... That's fine.
0: No, we'll mm-hmm. do the grades. We'll do the grades. Okay, Boring. so Boring let me grades. start this yeah. out.
1: Let me start this out by saying the reason we went to watch this film is, first of all, it was hyped up enormously. It was everywhere. Social media commercials, ads on streaming platforms, everything else. Second reason, it was directed by Christopher Nolan, who is one of my favorite directors. He did Inception. He did Interstellar. He did the ba- uh, um, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Some of my favorite films and his style and his storytelling and the way that he does things very intellectually is the reason that this was, in my opinion, and I'm sure Ryder would say the same thing, I must see like you had to go see it and he hasn't done a film since when's the last film he did interstellar
0: uh, i'm not I don't know I'd have to look it up
1: it's been it's been a couple of years since the last and, and this one I would say took him a long time to do because he wrote the screenplay and executive produced this one didn't they said he?
2: they shot it in four months
1: they shot it in four months
2: Wow I saw that somewhere um, on- online
1: so anyway the uh what was the last film did you look I'm looking um, that, that was one that we, we, we had to go see it just for that simple reason is Christopher Nolan did it. It was shot in seven minutes mo- in 2020. Oh, okay. Tenant. Okay. So dang, it's been three years, three years. Okay. So I, I watched guess, tenant. I you want to talk about something that'll really take I you for it? I've not far. seen tenant. It's, it's pretty good. Mind bender, mind mm. bender of mind Anyway, shot very well. Very, very Christopher Nolan. And if you know Christopher Nolan, you know what I'm saying? But um, this was an absolute must-see for those couple of reasons. Um, so, and it, there's it a, was
0: also shot in on seventy. That's what I was about to say. IMAX, IMAX film, which is extraordinarily uncommon. And we're going to
1: talk about some specific things about that in a little bit too.
2: But do you think he did it on film and not digitally because it's supposed to take place back when it did, and it gives it that more back then type look?
0: I don't know. I'd have to look at interviews. No, I'm I mean, sure he gives a reason.
1: Yeah. You, you know one of the, I told Clay about this, you know one of Christopher Nolan's, they said if you were on a desert island, you had five films to take with you, what some of them, you know what his, his number one one, the first one he said was? Mm-mm. You'll never guess. I'm sure I won't. Talladega Nights. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, more respect for Christopher <laughs> yeah. Nolan after that. Because you watch any of his films, you would not think Talladega Nights is on no, the you list.
0: Wouldn't. Maybe he just gets so tired of making heavy, serious content. Oh, so he like,
1: was like quoting... From the movie. And he's like, You can't not love that movie. He's like, It's a perfect comedy. And I'm like, Yes, yes, it is. All right. So that's the reasoning for why we watched the movie. A little bit of background Christopher Nolan is known for giant production, huge budget, action packed, very intellectual, deep thinking films. So it was one I was really excited about. So now. Clay, take it away for what you thought. This is also coming from anybody listening to the podcast, coming from Clay, who's not a moviegoer.
2: And if I am a moviegoer, it's comedies. Yeah. Or like spoops, uh, sports movies. Yeah. Like. Um, Sp- spoops movies? Um, what's it called? Um, Caddyshack. No. Well, yes, clearly. <laughs> but Moneyball. I like Moneyball type yeah. stuff, too. Um, or Draft Day. That's a good movie. Um no spoilers in this one yet. <clears throat> I know. So if I start going down, just yeah, cut me off. Okay. But um I would say overall I did like it. I had sometimes um sometimes I had a problem keeping up because or not I would yeah, I'll say keeping up. Um I'm not a fan of the type of movies that jump forward back in time a lot and this one definitely did it in like the, I would say, present t- tense of the movie would be when he was helping make the bomb. And then the, um, actually, I don't really know, whatever the black and white scenes would be. That was technically the most recent Oh, that was? See, Mm -hmm. my point exactly. I don't know what like what was supposed to be past, present, and future. There was like three different times that they were bouncing back and forth. I got not confused, but it was just hard to keep up for me with that. Um, And then I would say the first five or six minutes of the movie where that was that trippy, just type montage type Mm -hmm. thing, um, I was kind of confused during all all of that. Um, And I feel like someone who likes this movie is a giant history nut were going in, they know a lot about Oppenheimer and the backstory of everything that happened and what he was accused of and this and that. And other than knowing that he basically was in charge of making the atomic bomb, I knew nothing about him. Yeah. So, like, I knew nothing about anything in the trial that was going on or anything like that. So my favorite parts were when he was, you know basically being recruited, making the bomb, it going off. I didn't really care for the trial part or any of that type of stuff. Um, there was a lot of, like, you could tell Christopher Nolan wanted you to feel like you were in his head, so there was a lot of center frame, very, very close but wide-angle, like, shots of whatever dude's name is. Um, and it, Killian, Killian Murphy. Yeah, him. Um, so there was a lot of that, which you definitely felt that way. Um I thought the acting was really good. They did a really good job of making you feel like you were in, you know, the 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how historically accurate it was because, again, I'm not a history guy. Is it one of those where it's a situation where that scenario was so interesting that they didn't have to fudge things yeah, I, to make it? or I heard it was or, fairly accurate. Right, so. It was based on a book. A biography of his life. Right. So, I mean, and if you're a history nut, you'll like that even more. Um, I mean, from there, that's really. But you what don't, score would you give it? What grade would you give it? Well, hold film? on.
1: He did not But get, go, give this score, but you also have no reference for a Christopher Nolan film other than this one, right? You've not seen any of the other ones? Not that you know. You've not seen Interstellar. You've not seen Inception. You've not seen any of the Batman movies. You've not seen, seen Tenet.
2: I've seen parts in. Pieces of Batman, but not, like, okay. all the way through. Right. Um, I would say, now, going off of Batman, even though this isn't a dark movie, mm-hmm. it was still, I thought it was a very high contrasty movie, like, color-wise. I thought there was a lot of, it wasn't, like, a super um, bright movie or super-saturated movie. Like, they kept it pretty...
1: Not like Barbie. That <laughs> no one was much different.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, grade...
1: Yeah, Not like muted, I, but definitely know, toned like down. I'd,
2: I'd be basing it off of Talladega Knights or Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Or um, if I had to base it off of like Iron Man 2, which would be the last movie I saw in theaters, um, I'd give it a high C to a B. Yeah.
1: All right, right, Also,
2: take into account that a lot of the time I was lost because I didn't know a lot of the like historical stuff that was supposed yeah. to be going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So.
0: Uh, I'll start off with my grade. I would give it, I would give it a B minus, maybe a B. Um, and I would say that I went into the movie with very high expectations and I think that it didn't quite deliver, uh, on what I thought that it was going to be, uh, which we can get more into detail later, um. It is a simultaneously a slow burn, but also very fast. Um,
1: (laughs) That's a good way to put it.
0: And I think I'm going to also I'm going to go see this movie again. uh, And I'm uh, I don't know if seeing it again will change how I feel about it or not. Um, But it didn't quite hit how I was expecting it to. Um, It looked really good for the most part. Um, it sounded really good for the most part, as in the soundtrack was really good. Uh, there were definitely some really, really cool moments in the film. Um, some cool scenes, some very tense scenes, um, some unique stuff. Uh, but it wasn't a like groundbreaking, epic, like I felt like I was led to believe. And so... Um, I kind of walked out of the movie theater, honestly, a little disappointed, uh, because of the expectations I had for the movie. Um, and I think there's some reasons for that and we'll go into that with the, with the spoiler version. But, um, needless to say, I would, I would still recommend going to see it. I still think that it's worth going to see in theaters. Um, or if you just only want to see movies that you know you're going to love, wait for it to be on, I don't know, Netflix or wherever they put it, and you can watch it there. Uh, I think if you watch it on Netflix, I think you're not going to enjoy it as much as, you wa- as if you watched it in a theater uh, because it does look very good for the most part. You're not going to get to see that on a TV screen in your house. Uh, and the sound is uh, a large part of the movie and you're not going to get to experience that in your house. I mean, unless you have just a bang up surround sound system. Um, So I think it's definitely worth going to see Um, and y'all can make your own judgments there. But if you go to see it, I think you should expect it to be a little bit less epic than the marketing has made it out to be. and kind of walk into it with, it's going to be more of, like, uh, I, I would say that it's going to be more of a personal thriller than, a, like, a giant action, uh, giant action suspense, world-altering experience that you usually get with, with a Nolan film.
2: And do you think part of that has to do with maybe, one, Um, Caleb said there's zero like green screening or visual effects or anything in this movie. Do you think that has something to do with it? And two, like, I don't know if this uh, this is a spoiler, but they don't like they don't play off the like the testing explosion a lot. You know what I mean? Like there's not a bunch of explosions and bombs going off and things like that. There's the one or two of the tester and that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I expected that. <coughs> you know, I, I mean, I expected that it wasn't going to just be like atomic explosions everywhere. I expected that it, there was going to be, you know, a handful of them. You know, because I mean, it's supposed to be about the Manhattan Project, not necessarily the, um, not necessarily
2: Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right.
1: It's about Oppenheimer. It has to be though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I thought it was more about. Him than what it, than the actual Manhattan Project itself, personally, yeah. So I think it's worth seeing.
0: Uh, and y'all can go and make your own uh judgments after
1: seeing it. Um, I give it a F to C minus. I was S to C minus, yeah, it's a big scale, yeah, dog, F or, or a D. A D to C minus, I guess. We didn't have D's. It was F, F to C. We didn't oh. have D's.
0: You guys just decided to skip over a whole letter? Yep. Interesting. D- D's failing anyway, so you might as well.
1: So, yeah, uh, so let's just say for the sake of argument, I give it a D. And the reason, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I'm going to say a lot of what both of them said, but um, my one of my all-time favorites is Interstellar. And it's obviously a very different film than Interstellar, but... As I watched it, it was incredibly hard to follow, and I'm usually very good at that.
2: But that makes me feel a lot better. Than it's me. very
1: hard to follow. It was all over the place. Um, and I thought I'd be caught up, and then they'd be somewhere <laughs> else and in a different thing, and I just really, really struggled to to tell. I, and this isn't spoiling anything, but to, to try and tell where I was in the timeline, I'd look at Oppenheimer's hair to see if he had gray hair or not. I'd like to know where I'm at in the story. It was really hard to follow in some parts, some parts harder than others. Um, I did not think it needed to be shot on IMAX. I think that was a film that could have been shot on digital. I think shooting that on IMAX was a complete waste of time. Um, There was nothing in there, nothing in there to me that was epic enough for IMAX. There was none of the shots, because, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but most of the shots are shot in a tiny room and dialogue with actors in a room, and there's no, there's nothing beautiful about it. There was nothing epic about it. There was nothing special about it. It was a lot of very un. It was very different than any other any other Christopher Nolan film I've ever seen. I again, like you, Clay, did not have a ton of the background history. I knew a little bit of it. Um, I think we're going to get into this a little bit more, but they played way more into the politics than they did the bomb um, or even the making of or anything I really cared about seeing. And they tried to tell 12 stories in one story.
2: And and it's three hours of yeah, that, Yeah, and
1: I didn't, like, I almost left. I almost got up and left. I Because I was late to go meet my wife anyway, and I was uncomfortable in that crappy chair, and I just... Uh, the, and the only reason I stayed is because Nolan's known for, like, putting a really good twist or something at the end. You were waiting for it. I still wish I'd have left. Um, I just didn't I, – I don't – I was very underwhelmed with – compared to all the other ones that I love so much. You know, The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Inception. Just incredibly awesome, mind-bending, visually beautiful. And this one –
2: do you think it was because it was based around history? He was put in a box. Like there was only certain things he could.
1: Well, do. I'm going to, once we say we're not, we can, we can let spoilers go. I'm going to tell you why I feel the most strongly about why. But I think the biggest thing, not the biggest thing, but one of the main things was they shot this in IMAX and they, they, they touted that so majorly. And then you watch it and there's only a couple of scenes that were like worthy of IMAX. The rest of it wasn't.
2: I don't even know what, what IMAX is. It's, it's it's a really large format film. Yeah. and It's, it's bigger than like medium format digital.
1: Yeah. It's very big. Yeah, it's very, like very big. Like
2: 70 millimeter IMAX is literally like 70 millimeters.
1: And it's made to go like that That theater we watched it in was an IMAX theater, but it wasn't a true IMAX.
0: They call them LIMAXs.
1: Lymax so A true IMAX is gigantic screen. Like it's three stories high.
0: There's 16 of them in the U.S. One of them is in Buford. I tried to get us tickets to the one in Buford, and it was sold out for two weeks.
1: I'm really glad we had drive to Buford. I would have really been pissed.
0: I Part of me is curious if like... I do want to watch it again. I say that. Spectacle. I do
1: want to watch it again because I think even like watching the newsroom uh, that I've seen a thousand times, I always pick up something new, and I feel like if I watch it again, I might change my tune a little bit, but I doubt it. Just because there's a couple of major... Plot things and a couple major storylines in there that I was not a fan of at all. Yeah. And, uh, and the way they did them and the way they, I think Killian Murphy acted it beautifully. I think the acting was wonderful. There were some gigantic names in this film. I didn't know Robert some, Downey Jr. was in it. Some, some major, major names in that film that got very little screen time.
2: Dude from, uh, What's his name? Mr. Robot? Uh, No, was it uh, the dude from, I know him from Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Rami Malek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in it it for like four minutes. He had two
1: scenes, I think, two and a half scenes. And that was one of those things where, like, I saw him, I'm like, all right, about to get good. And nothing. nothing. And I just, I was very disappointed because I love Rami Malek. He is freaking incredible. Didn't do anything. I take that back.
2: I saw Bohemian Rhapsody in theaters.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Why'd did. you go see that of all things? Because the I'm, a,
2: I'm a, like classic rock. It's all about Queen.
1: Well, it is all about oh, Queen. Rhapsody
0: was a good one. It yeah, was. I it was like... very good.
1: Very 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 good. I, so I'm... would
0: you? We'll get into right, spoilers. Spoilers. Hold spoilers on. ahead. But would you? Spoilers ahead. Would you recommend that people go see this movie? No.
2: <laughs> no. Okay. Would you recommend would, that people? I, um, if you're so like Taylor's uncle, who I golf with, is a big history guy. He would love the movie. If you're a history guy, yeah. for sure.
1: But like, if you're going for it for a Christopher Nolan film.
2: See, I can't answer that based off that because I don't.
1: If you're going – I watched it. I wanted a Christopher Nolan film, and to me it was not that.
2: But do you think, again, you didn't get any of those mind-bender things because they were constrained?
1: Inside? No. I think in the end it's pretty concise, and it kind of – I say it comes together, but a lot of those storylines and the way they were put in, like, I don't know if it had to be that way.
2: I, I would have – All
0: right, liked, we're going to do the spoilers okay, now spoilers. so we can we can talk freely. If you're listening to this and you have not seen the movie – And you plan on going to see the movie, pause right now, (laughs) go see the movie, and then you can keep listening. Save your money. Uh, If you don't care, and you're (laughs) not going to go see the movie, and you just want to hear us talk about it, continue to listen. But this has been your warning. We are now getting into the spoiler section of this movie review. Please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle (laughs) at all times and do not exit the ride until it has come to a full and complete stop.
1: Okay, can we start right to left now? Because i got some stuff i got to get off my chest. Yeah,
0: here's the deal, though, Damn. is we can't have all the interrupting stuff. we got to have, like, everybody's got to be able to say their piece okay. full through. But I'll let you start.
2: So, Yeah, does that mean him and then me? That way, when you're long-winded, we can just kind of tone out. I'm not the long-winded <laughs> one.
1: Oh, I'm boy. about to be the long-winded one, i got a feeling. Um, so, like I said, I went into this looking for a Christopher Nolan film, and I've referenced several that are just incredible. Like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, like interstellar is 10 out of 10. Um, and he has a very unique way of really playing with your mind and taking you to a place and visually showing you beautiful things and doing it with very little to no special effects in a practical way. So it feels very relatable. Um, and I love that. And he really strives hard to keep things historically accurate, which I'm sure Oppenheimer was. I expected the explosion to be cooler. It was Not cool. It was in the dark. And and I'm like what I mean, what, what was cool about it? It was just about giant fireball with some wind that came by like whoopty freaking do. Like I like they I imagined it in my head way more epic than that.
2: And when it went off it was silent for yeah. like the first
1: which minute. which would make sense because which, it's that far away. Right. Yeah,
0: I do I do like how they did it, but I think it also was underwhelming.
1: It was very underwhelming. I think they should have done it in, which I, I'm assuming the reason they did it at night is because they actually detonated it at night. That's one of the things I would like to play with history a little bit and done it during the day so you could have seen the the cloud coming and waiting for it to hit. That would have been really cool. Like That's how I had it in my head. Outside of the 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 bomb going off being very underwhelming, the way that they focused on the politics and not the – they focus a little bit on how – It was really messing him up inside for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But that was a small portion. They put so much emphasis on this stupid hearing, two two different hearings, and you're in a room listening to dialogue for three hours. That goes from New Mexico to New York to Chicago to Cambridge back to New Mexico to this place, and it's just, where the hell are we? We're all over the place, and it's black and white, then it's color, then it's black and white, then it's color. And it just it was just threw me big time off. So I hated that. I hated that we didn't get to focus on the emotions and the story and the ending workings and what was inside Oppenheimer's head near enough. Absolutely hated that. And I don't want – I mean, I think we go back around and talk about the technical stuff that was stupid, but I don't think it needed to be shot on IMAX because almost – What did you say? Ninety percent of it was shot in a room. Yeah. Why the hell would you shoot that in IMAX? Why would you go through the 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 expense of shooting in a room on IMAX?
2: Even the stuff shot out way out in New Mexico that was beautiful, but but like even half of that was shot inside. Yeah,
1: I think Yellowstone was shot better than that, and they don't shoot that on IMAX. You know, it's like I I don't understand the reasoning behind it, and then the dialogue that was never ending and all these, the, you know, they use all the acronyms for all the different um, government agencies, and you can't keep up with them. If you don't know what they are, they don't go in any background, and you just know that Oppenheimer's in trouble. They're trying to get him in trouble, but you don't know why, and you don't know if you're in the past or the present. It's just who's on
2: his side, who's not, because yeah. all the acronyms you can't keep yeah. up with. Yeah, and,
1: and, and it was just a constant, and I kept waiting for something epic to happen, and it just never did. Nothing ever was like... That was cool. The explosion wasn't cool. The little line at the end was like, "Mm, whatever, like the little twist at the end, that did nothing for me. Um, Some of the things on IMAX and the imperfections were very distracting for me, which we'll go into in a minute. And um, I just don't like where they put their focus and their energy in the film and the story. I mean, good God, man, they were it all over the place. And I just hate, I just was very, very, very disappointed. And I tried, like I was sitting an hour and a half in that. I'm like, all right, I've got like, I, I can't not like a Nolan film. Like that can't not like, I've never watched one. I didn't like, I can't be a diehard. If I didn't, I, like I didn't it. like it. I just didn't. I tried to like it and I almost left and w- kind of wish I would have.
0: Yeah. I think my, my, I have a few major gripes with it. Um, Obviously, I am into history. I wouldn't say that I'm incredibly well-studied on the Manhattan Project, uh, but I know enough to to know what it was um, and to kind of understand the significance of what they were doing in the Manhattan Project, what it led to. Um, I had a general knowledge of it. Um, but I think you guys not having a good knowledge of it um, shouldn't be a detriment to the story, Right. I think that it's it's the job of the storyteller to give you the proper information so you understand the magnitude of the story that they are trying to tell. Um, So if you go into it and you don't know who Oppenheimer is or what he did or what the Manhattan Project was and what it did, um, then... It would be a failure of the storytellers to not let you in on that. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't understand that, you won't understand the stakes. You won't understand uh, all of the major points. The whys. The next three which, hours. Yeah. Right, which is, <laughs> yeah. which is what you guys struggled with. And I think Joe and I had a conversation in the truck on the way home. He struggled with too. So um, You I didn't think
1: struggle with that at all? Following along? Keeping I'm, up with it?
0: No, I'm getting there. I'm okay. just saying, right. like, just straight historically. Yeah,
1: I got you. Okay. Shh,
0: Ranger. Um, historically I understood what was going on for the most part uh, not being obviously a physicist I don't like I didn't understand necessarily all the little physics details um, and I think the major flaw of this story or of this movie was two things two major flaws to me one they tried to do too much uh, and tackle too many things Yeah. and at the same time, their their primary focus was on what I deem to be, and I uh, maybe people feel differently. I felt like that was a secondary, tertiary story at best. Yeah, same. Um, they placed they placed a lot of emphasis. So when you're talking about them jumping back and forth, you really have they're trying to cover overall throughout the entire movie uh, Oppenheimer's entire. Life, but mostly his career as a scientist. Obviously, they kind of begin with him as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, they show some... They kind of go through, like, his pre-Manhattan Project career, what he did, what he studied, that he was well-known. You know, he was a theorist. He wasn't a experimentalist, all these things. Basically, uh, showing you how he got to be the person who ended up getting handed the Manhattan Project and said, hey, we want you to head this up. All right? And then they have the Manhattan Project, uh, which is building the first atomic bomb in World War II. Why
1: was it called the Manhattan Project? Not to throw you off. Why um, was it named that? They went I've over I've always it. wondered that.
0: They went over it in the movie, and Didn't I forget. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Oh, they they talked about it. I'll look it up. Um, but they, they, that's basically what he's known for. Um he, they call him the the father of the mm-hmm. atomic bomb, um, and that program is what created uh, Fat Fat Man and Little Boy or something. Basically, the two bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki mm-hmm.
1: from Enola Gay.
0: Yep. Um, so he did that, and then um, they they basically the 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 other two parts of his life that they cover are his. basically womanizing yeah which was (laughs) which was before and during his time uh as the as the guy heading up the manhattan project and then after that at some point i don't know when uh there was a hearing basically to revoke his security clearance so that's like the the movie almost like uses that as this background (laughs) right almost kind of the same way that um Sully, you, uh, the movie about uh, landing in the Hudson River. Oh, yeah. So you know how he's on trial, and what is he getting into? Come on, Ranger. Um, I just don't want him to pull the yeah, feet know. out. I'm trying to get him to sit back here. He just sniffs too much. Um, so Soley is kind of through the same lens, right? They begin at the trial, um, and basically they're trying Soley, the pilot who landed that plane in the Hudson River, for like not doing the right thing, because they feel like he should have done x, y, and z, and so they jump back and forth between the trial and then the actual incident um, and using the trial as kind of the 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 driver of the story, and then also using that as the major point of conflict uh because you're shown this guy who should be a hero and he's being vilified for what he th- for saving all these people and you're like why are they why are they persecuting this guy right so they kind of use that same format where he's under trial essentially you don't really quite understand what he's on trial <laughs> Not for even a little bit. or like what kind of trial it is you just know like he's in a room being questioned by people uh, about all of the stuff that he did um, and they talked about his early career and this, that, and the other, and his infidelity and all of these bits and pieces. And then, on top of that, there's another trial going on, which I guess is a Senate confirmation hearing yeah. for the character played by
1: Robert um, Downey Jr.
0: Robert Downey Jr. Some guy named Strauss. who I have no idea who he is. Uh, he'll be fine. Um, and he, I, you're. Suddenly they're talking about Oppenheimer and that, and you have no idea why. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, they like come together. It, a, they kind of they reveal that like Strauss basically set up this entire trial that Oppenheimer is doing, and it's really just a fake trial. Uh, and
2: but it's not actually a trial. Yeah,
0: it's like not whatever he sets up this whole thing. Essentially, I guess because Oppenheimer offended him at at like one very precise point in time and then oppenheimer loses his security clearance which i guess is supposed to be very humiliating and then the other the guy who set this entire thing up so that he would ensure his confirmation in the senate doesn't end up getting confirmed in the senate he gets denied so both of them basically get their quote-unquote careers ruined and that is what they want like that's the major focus of the story Yeah, the politics these two trials and the politics and more than just the politics, because I think the politics are, were and are a very important part of the nuclear weapons discussion, yeah. right? So you they can't, are, but that's not what you, you need to separate film about. Well, but you can't necessarily separate that, but they weren't necessarily focusing on the politics as much as they ended up focusing on this revenge story from Strauss. Yeah. And that seems like a tertiary detail at best. And so there's so much stuff in there that I think is just totally and completely irrelevant. And I feel like they should have focused the story on uh, Oppenheimer and specifically him building the bomb and his psyche during that. Because they show it a little bit where he is building the bomb, he's overseeing this program, and he's kind of got this like Jekyll and Hyde situation where he and a lot of scientists do not support the work that they're doing because they feel like they're essentially giving the government the power to play God, play God and destroy the world. Yeah. Right. Uh, And so they're mentally struggling with, should we even be doing this work? But at the same time, they're like, if we don't do the work, You know, Russia or Nazi Germany is going to do the work and they'll get the bomb. Yeah,
1: and Oppenheimer being Jewish, he didn't want Germany to get a hold of the technology. And
0: so at the time, there's a general sentiment of like, well, it's going to get done. Do we want to have one to deter them? Or do we want to like play the moral high ground against people who are sending an entire population to to camps? And they're like, okay, we do this, right? And so he's having this debate while he's doing this work. Whether or not the work that he's doing is morally right, ethically right, and at the same time advocating for it in front of politicians, but trying to, at the same time, be like, well, we're giving you this thing, but maybe you guys should, like, think a little bit more about, like, it's not just a weapon. This is an entirely new class. Like, this is uh, something that society is not ready for yet. Yeah. You know? And I think they should have focused more on that, and went into more detail about maybe some of the more technicalities of the Manhattan Project. I know it's not like show a... show
1: the bomb or show making the bomb. They yeah, didn't even I, show that. The I know it's not.
0: I know it's not like a documentary. You know, nobody wants to go in there necessarily and see like a, a, a tried and true documentary like about well they did play. this and this and this and this and this. But at the same time, the thing was about the Manhattan Project, and I feel like they gave you these little nuggets of science and and physics but never enough to really understand unless you knew the physics of what was going on you you wouldn't really understand what they were what they were doing what they were exploring why this mattered why this mattered all of these things and it seems like they because they're telling 15 stories at the same time with the wrong emphasis you're just stuck in all of these conversations that feel rushed that don't give you enough information uh yet you're there for three hours wondering when it's all going to come together and it doesn't really and at the end of it i i was i had to analyze like am i just do i just am i just apathetic to the fact that we have nuclear weapons now because i've lived in this and i don't care Or did the movie not do a good job of presenting the stakes to me? Because I didn't think or feel anything different than I've ever thought and felt about Mm. uh, nukes in the past. I mean, like I told Joe, when you're in high school, in U.S. history or world history, they cover World War II, and they usually cover the Manhattan Project briefly, and they talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And usually, at least when I went to school, like, They make you have a conversation about whether or not you thought that Hiroshima was ethically correct. I mean, we still have that conversation today, right? So that's not a new conversation. I've had that conversation. I think everybody's had that conversation to some extent, and everybody's kind of grappled with the duality of the nuclear bomb being both a good and bad thing for humans. So that wasn't new. They didn't allow enough time to really show Oppenheimer grappling with that duality.
1: They tried, but they didn't do a very good job, in my opinion.
0: And I think the reason was because... They didn't have they, time. It was three hours. Well, and, it's, it's and, over. They, and they lost their focus <laughs> yeah. and put too much of it on this on these two trials where the, the stakes were not something I cared about. Yeah. Like, maybe if they had expressed the stakes better... Maybe it would have been a little bit more poignant, but he's losing his security clearance, and I guess he's going to be embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's kind of, uh, okay, that's fine. I, like, I know that that was probably a giant blow, but they didn't set it up to where I cared about that blow. And then the other guy getting confirmed in the Senate, I don't care.
1: That was what I was about to ask you. Do you think any of the Strauss trial – or any of the things with the infidelity in e- either one of the girls at all, the women in his life. If you took those out of the film, it wouldn't affect it at all.
0: Uh, I think I think that the I think that like the infidelity is an important part of his life. So I think if you're doing a biopic, you need to discuss it. I, I think that his trial was very important. I think that they did not present it in the correct light, like the him losing his security clearance.
1: Not that no, not that one. The one with Strauss. I, I think the security clearance, like you had to have that. But the entire confirmation hearing with Strauss, I don't think you needed. I don't think yeah, you I need. Don't, I don't I think don't. you need the stuff with his wives either, because the real emotional struggle is with the creation of the bomb, and they did not do that. They spent more time on, in my opinion, they spent more time on when his when his concubine lady when she killed herself. He they spent more time on how bad he felt about that than they did on what happened after the bomb. But
2: the thing with that lady was, is she was his, quote, tie back to the Communist Party because she was a communist. Yeah, but
1: they had plenty of that at, at Cambridge. They had plenty of that with all the organizations. They yeah, had plenty but, of that when he was a teacher. They even didn't need though, any of but that.
2: But even though he technically left
1: the His brother was a communist. They had
2: all that. Even though he technically left the party and his brother ended up leaving the party, once his brother left the party, he was still flew flew in around with her, and she was still part they of they still Congress had
1: party. the tie. I don't think they needed that I don't think I, I don't think the film could have been done without I, either one of those I
2: agree with the Strauss thing the thing my question would be is without the Strauss hearing or trial or whatever, how would they have introduced and set up who Strauss was to then set up Oppenheimer's trial?
0: Well, the thing is you don't need to set up that strauss you don't necessarily I don't think you need Strauss's entire trial to set that up, first either. of all. And, like I was saying, they didn't present... It's not a trial, technically. It was a hearing uh, as to whether or not they were going to give him a security clearance or renew it.
1: In a room smaller than this. Yeah. 30% of the movie was filmed in a room smaller than this. It was like yeah. eight people in
0: it. And I think... I think that's a super important... I think that's a super important uh, thing that happened. But it's not the central point. I think... That you need to use that point to make a larger, um, to make the larger point that he's basically okay. So you you show him struggling morally, ethically, mentally, emotionally with his his work and his creation of this bomb. Obviously, the use of it and the results of the use of it, and then. After he's done this, the whole entire time, struggling between doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing, and basically doing the right thing because the government is like, this is, this is the right thing, we need your help, uh, then you basically, he gets beaten while he's down. The government essentially discrediting him, removing his accomplishments, basically saying like, well... You know, thanks, but we're done with you now. You know, like a a kicking him while he's down situation. And I feel like had they presented it as that instead of the basis of this entire movie, I think it would have hit more Um, because you would get it, right? Because you've seen him struggling. You've seen him having these quandaries and these discussions or thoughts or whatever about what he's doing. And never really coming to grips with it, and hoping that at some point people will be like, You did the right thing, mm-hmm. right? Hoping that the people that he did this for, uh, the American people, which are ultimately represented by the government, say, Thank you, you did the right thing, like because of your work, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. But he doesn't get that. Yeah. He gets essentially discarded, which is akin to. Them being like, well, yeah, whatever, and but, then he gets then he gets no resolution, and he has to, yeah. Then you, as a viewer, have to sit with that. Like, did he ever feel like his work was uh, was right or wrong, or did he have to live with those demons? Yeah, which is a point they tried to make, but I don't think they made no. it well.
1: Well, that's what I'm. That's what I was about to say. Is I never, I never felt the way in Oppenheimer than I felt like, like say for instance, Interstellar. More spoilers if you haven't seen Interstellar. There's two points in Interstellar that freaking gut punch you, man. And there was never a time like that when he is driving back from the NASA place and he lifts up the jacket to see if his daughter's in the passenger seat. Freaking gut punch. When he's watching his daughter talk to him on the screen after he's been after they do the uh, they enter the black hole and the gravity sucks him.
0: and realizes that dude, he's lost that time dude.
1: No, at no point in that movie and, was anything even remotely close to hitting like that.
0: And the fact that, like, as he's doing all these things, he's he loses all of this time for what he thinks to be the right reason, and people are like, "Why and, did you do this?" And essentially,
1: the stakes are the same in both movies: the end of the world and the end of the world, right? And one of them is a sci-fi fiction, and dude, it gut punches you because you can relate to that; like, you can understand what he's feeling.
0: And they use, in Interstellar, they're tackling more complex physics. Oh, my God. And you understand what's going on. In this movie, they're tackling, obviously, complex physics. It's not just like, oh, we made a bomb, right? Yeah. But less complex physics. What they're tackling in Interstellar is completely theoretical, Mm -hmm. right? It exists outside of any realm of what we currently have the ability to do. There was
1: never one time in Interstellar I felt lost. Right. Never one time I'm like, huh? What? Where did? Why? Why are we doing this now? Yeah. And then they explain relativity, they explain gravity, they explain a black hole, they explain all those things, and then there's, there's several. I mean, there's three or four stories happening during Interstellar too. But you can follow them, and again, and acting and, incredible.
0: And you don't know anything about physics yeah. yet. They're able to give you enough information that you can understand all of the pieces that mm-hmm. are necessary for the stakes to be real for you. And
1: maybe that's where I maybe that's where I screwed up because I was comparing this again like I said to Interstellar, to Inception, to you know, not even the I knew it wasn't going to have the action like a Batman obviously cuz but it like, you know, I, I, I just I don't know, man. The whole I think that those two scenes or those two whole storylines don't need to be in there.
0: You could lose them for the most I, part. I
1: think I genuinely think you could have done a short bit at the beginning of the movie to set up who Oppenheimer is and how he got to lead the Manhattan Project. 30, 45 minutes into the film, he's in the Manhattan Project, they build the bomb, the bomb goes off, and we spend an hour of watching his downward spiral and then come back to that ending where he's talking to Abel and Albert Einstein. That's a better movie, and you could do that movie in two hours.
0: Oh, I think you show the downward spiral while he, like... I think you try to show his qualms while he's building it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I just couldn't believe if, if how fast, the, how much talking, how much dialogue, how much just never-ending scene changes. I'm like, my God! And where they are we you, going? They
0: never give you the. Inf- they never give you like clear, concise information.
1: Well, they don't even transition you either. Like they would like, just drop you. They, yeah. would not, they would end a scene hard cut, and the next clip, you'd be in a different decade, in a different state, in a different time.
2: Or black and white.
1: And Yeah, and you just had to figure it out. And I'm like, good God. Like, not one time did they help you or shepherd you or like ease you in. It was just boom here, boom here. And then they bring you right back, then they swing you forward. Like, I'd like to see a graph of where that movie goes in time. I mean, I bet it's all freaking out because it essentially spans from the 20s all the way to the 40s, right? It's a 20-something year span. And then when he gets the award, it's like 20 years later. It's probably 60 years. (sighs) Good Lord, man. I just, I don't know. I I had it, I just had it up on this pedestal of being something great. And I love Killian Murphy. I love Matt Damon. I love... The acting was great. Oh, the acting was wonderful. All of the actors did a great job. So here's what we need to talk about next. So I think we've... Beat this dead horse. I
2: didn't get to same. Oh, sorry, Clay. Go ahead. Just, I mean, just because I don't know things doesn't mean I don't have an opinion. Oh,
1: my bad, dog. I mean, I'm, I'm just not, proud you went. I really, am. Not, I was well, really. I didn't, I didn't pay
2: for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, couple things. One, I wish it would have been played chronologically.
1: I, I think, don't know if you can do that film chronologically. I don't. I don't mind it jumping back and forth a little bit, but God, not like it was.
2: Um, the other thing, and one thing that they like. I picked up on it and I think they could have played on it was so at the time that Oppenheimer signs on to be part of the Manhattan project, Hitler is absolutely taking over Germany and Oppenheimer's Jewish. So he has some inside motivation to be like, if I help with this, we can drop this on Nazi Germany, Mm -hmm. knock them all out. Once he finds out Hitler dies, his then mood changes to, I still want to help the technology become what it is, but I don't ever want it used. Mm-hmm. And then in his trial, he kind of tries to say that, but that Robert dude that Strauss put in charge of that trial basically talks him into saying that I was okay with it being used, but he didn't have the balls to say I didn't want it used on people. on. Jer- on Japan, I wanted it used on Hitler, mm-hmm. and they never really like played. Oh on that. yeah, you know no, what I, I mean? can see that. Like yeah. when he walked in, and that lady was giving that presentation, and he turned her, and she turned. Everyone turned around, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, whatever. Hitler's Hitler's died, or whatever. But we're still going to go on with the project, or whatever." I feel like that was a turning point where they could have played on. I want. I don't want. I wanted it actually used on, but I guess that would have been some sort of inside conflict or something. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I Politics. Thought, I thought the ending was abrupt. Mm-hmm. like really abrupt. I thought it could have been one of those where they kind of, I don't know, eased it out and then kind of just showed what he did afterwards. I don't know. So I just thought like they should, they showed a minute of that award ceremony and that was it. Yeah. I, um, think, I think Nolan was
0: trying to like keep you confused the whole time. <laughs> he did a good job. And then he wanted this like big, big wrap up at the end that you're like, Oh man. Yeah. But I mean, you do, you're like, Oh man, that's crazy. But I, you don't care. Because that's the like the one of the fourth most interesting parts of the story. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, this guy set up the trial. Mmm. Backstabbing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's cool. Like, that's not what all of this should be about. Mm-hmm. They tried to take this the stakes should have been more centered on like the the ethics, the morality and the struggle mentally that oppenheimer had and like world destruction not personal reputation and like at the end of it it felt like the stakes were his personal reputation and it, that should not have been the stakes
1: yeah
2: i get the vibe i not during the movie or after the movie but since we started this podcast i get the vibe that it was almost more about saving oppenheimer's name in us history than it was actually about the Oppenheimer, like, about the Manhattan Project.
1: I mean, you feel sorry for him a little bit.
2: Yeah, but, but like, were they trying, like, was someone trying to justify, like, were someone, did they want to make the movie to somehow justify his name? Yeah, but here's,
1: here's, here's what it all comes down to, and I guess I could simplify it a little bit, is I judge a movie by how I leave that theater theater feeling. And I left that theater theater feeling no different than when I walked in.
2: A little confused.
1: It didn't make me think. It didn't make me feel. It didn't make me want to ask more questions. It didn't make me want to dig deeper. It didn't make me want to do anything but get the hell out of there. It made me
0: wonder why I didn't feel anything.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I could say that.
0: You know, like I was, because I went into it expecting like something very heavy, very weighty. You leave
1: Interstellar, you friggin' feel something. Yeah. Like there's no doubt that you know. That some stuff has went inside and went on inside your head. Oppenheimer didn't do that.
0: I I I I told Joe. You need to watch
1: Oppenheimer. You really do. I mean, I did. Interstellar. Sorry.
0: (laughs) I told I told um, I told Joe and and Cleo this. So I went and watched the Barbie movie last weekend Mm. because I mean that was the other summer blockbuster. I was like, oh, it looks fun. I'll go watch it. Fifty three thirty.
1: All right, cool. Right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's fine. I watched the Barbie movie. He wore pink too. Uh, I actually didn't. I was in a regular shirt. Regular <laughs> for me. Obviously not for you guys. <laughs> um, but I just got swagger like that. So, But controversial opinion. The Barbie movie made me think more than Oppenheimer did. The Barbie movie presented some like juxtapositions and uh, thought processes that I hadn't had before. That... You know, I l- left the theater, and obviously, I think, you know, Barbie's, Barbie was um, Barbie was marketed towards women and for women. And I went into it, obviously, as a dude. And, you know... Did I you come it, out of it a dude? I did. Okay. You know, it did not change my gender. <laughs> um, I left the theater, and I, you know, Cleo and I had a couple conversations. Because I was like, hey, you know, during this movie... This thing happened, and it made me start thinking about, you know, something that I, as a dude, have never thought about before because I'm a dude. Is this, like, something that you related to? Is this how you felt when you were, you know, a little girl or this, that, or the other? I think
1: it's okay to spoil Barbie if you wanted to, but go ahead.
0: Well, I'm not. I think I, that's not really our target audience. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the point. The point is not to go over that. I mean, yeah. if you guys want a Barbie, it, but it, it made you. You guys want a Barbie film review? I'll drag Caleb to go see no, it with me. No, I'm not going to see Barbie. See, you just get tested one and go watch it. And he'll go. <laughs> see, but that's the thing is, I feel like you have to watch movies that you traditionally wouldn't watch. No, You don't. You don't have to. I think you do. Okay. I. Uh, what was It's that? important for me. Fifty-five, fifteen. Okay, thank you. Barbie nope, and Interstellar
1: nope. are not the same thing.
0: Yeah, but you can't just go see only the movies that you're like.
1: I will Uh, watch Barbie, but I'm not paying to watch Barbie. I'll wait until it comes out on a streaming platform. That's fine.
0: But anyways, the point of me saying this wasn't for like a a side rabbit trail on Barbie. was that I generally had a more reaction to the Barbie movie than I did after Oppenheimer. And I feel... And like afterwards, I was like, that doesn't seem right. Because I should be having... In my head, I'm like, I should have in the movie been having some thoughts about morality and ethics and humanity and
1: I didn't it didn't give me
0: any more thoughts than I've ever had about that mm-hmm. and
2: I don't know let's put it in this perspective So this it confused
0: way. me. I was like why am I not feeling why am mm. I not why am I not getting these ideas from a movie that should have given it to me.
2: I you know I walked out, and Caleb obviously had to leave, but I was like, I'm going to look at Ryer and Joe, and I'm going to get absolutely berated for what I say, solely based because I don't, get, I don't go watch movies. I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm more of like a documentary, sports movie, comedy type person. And I walked out, and the first thing I looked at Ryer and was like, I feel like I didn't know enough about history to have any idea what's going on, or I somehow missed something in the movie that was like a big – key that made all of it make sense and Ryers said yeah i I really don't know either Mm -hmm. and it made me feel a lot better that like
1: i can't believe you gave the best grade out of all three of us i really thought you were gonna hate it no no,
2: i i liked
0: the movie a lot i just thought clay was just clay clay was just like in a theater he was like
2: oh this is cool i haven't done this in a while (laughs) (laughs) so that i think i got popcorn
1: a drink i'm good (laughs) i mean the
2: popcorn was good but um no, I th- I honestly thought that everyone was going to have this big, like, awakening movement or mm-hmm. thought or yeah, feeling yeah, yeah. from it. And it made me feel better that I wasn't the only no, one. I came that away with nothing. People that watch a lot of movies felt the same way about it as I, who does not watch a lot of movies, that mm-hmm. I didn't, like, yeah. miss something. So I,
0: I had to go, I was like, I had to go looking for, like, some reviews. And I was like, am I the only one who's, like, thought this? Am I the only one who saw this supposedly epic movie and didn't come away, like, just flabbergasted? I found, like, maybe 25% of reviews online are very similar to the things that we've been talking about. I I had all these thoughts. I'm like, okay, let's go watch them like, surely I'm not the only one, and I'm, I'm not. So that was nice. And then I read all the comments, and there's people with a similar viewpoint to mine, who went looking for reviews that confirmed that they were not the only ones who came out of this movie with a subpar, half disappointing experience. Yeah, and they're like, "I'm glad somebody reviewed it and said these things because I was thinking these things and I thought I was just crazy for it." Yeah. because you know all the other reviews. were oh, like, me. Oh, I'm it's a, sitting there thinking a I'm crazy the whole time. Yeah. I, I no. honestly don't think it's a masterpiece, and no. we could that would be a great segue to talk about. Some of the technical aspects. Yeah, I was literally that, wanting to talk about that. I, that I feel like, in a in an, in a film that's supposed to be heralded a, as a technical masterpiece, there was some stuff in there. I was like, this what? got left.
1: Yeah.
2: Here, here I all said I'll start off with this question: Do you think they leaned so much on the seventy millimeter IMAX as a pushing factor because they felt the story was lackluster?
0: I think that they to, to
2: drive ticket sales. I Nolan
0: is known for trying to always push the boundaries and do like new things. Kind of in a different vein than like um James Cameron is, right? James Cameron's thing is like how can we literally develop a new technology to film this movie I want to film. And yep. that's been like his entire career. Nolan is also known for <laughs> trying to push those boundaries. He's also (laughs) known for um, trying to do everything like in reality and not leaning on uh, green screens and visual digital effects and all these things, um, which for the most part makes his movies feel very organic. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was like, okay, well, let's do this thing in 70 millimeters because that would be really cool. Um, and it. I think it definitely, I think that was a large driver of its supposed black blockbuster appeal. Yeah. Right? Well, They're like, it's in 70 millimeters. 70 millimeter IMAX. Like, I was convinced I had to go see it it's in 70 unta- it's IMAX. It's
2: automatically good because it's right.
1: Apparently. Well, two things, and this is all I'm going to say about it that were very distracting, and I'll let y'all talk about it a little more, but, I mean, we're already an hour into this, but there was some dialogue that was very hard to understand that I still don't know what they said. Um, very muted tones or the, you know, the the levels and how they leveled it and how they mixed it. Could not understand a word they were saying, and they were speaking English. Um, I don't understand, especially in an IMAX theater with that kind of sound quality and everybody's quiet. It was very loud. Well, the dialogue, I mean, you just couldn't understand what they were saying. And then the second was there was out-of-focus stuff everywhere. Drove me insane. There really was. There was out of focus shots that I would have been pissed if I'd have seen y'all put in an edit. i be like, why is that in there? Like his his the focus is on the back of his head, his nose and his eyes are out.
2: And I wonder if a lot of that has to do with because they were doing the super they probably had like
1: Well Ryder looked it up.
2: Yeah, I I went and looked it up to
0: see because I because I saw it all, and again, I was like, There's no way they just left it in there on accident. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no way they just shot it. So bad that
1: got that got through QC. All those out of focus shots. <laughs> right. No There's way. No
0: way. Nolan was like, mm, I guess I'll we'll ship it. You know. <laughs> and so I was looking it up, and I I was like looked on Reddit, and essentially they said that he was tasking the focus pullers with an impossible task, because so, they're shooting seventy millimeters, and they shot the film wide open. Um, and basically, what the whole film's wide open, I mean, more or less.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some shots on there that were wide open for yeah, sure. But 0.95, I mean, laser, I mean, like 0.95. razor type focus shots.
0: And essentially, that's what they're saying. Uh, and um, like shooting wide open is something that's been uh, like made common due to like digital monitoring mm-hmm. and the fact that you can, you got phenomenal optics as far as like screens and relays and checking it right after you do it to be able to see, did you, did you get your focus? Did Mm -hmm. you not get your focus? Um, and with all of the secondary monitors and stuff like it's, it's uh, a lot easier to do that with film cameras. Uh, the loops are not always that great. They're not as good as a big, huge freaking digital monitor, right? That most of these focus pullers are pulling on. So there's a little bit of variability in there. Um, and when we say wide
1: open, we mean like if your lens is a 2.8, they're shooting at 2.8. If your lens is a one 8 they they're shooting at 1.8. They, they had and, a lot of and ones. They're, yeah. And
0: they're shooting wide open mm-hmm. on a huge format film. So mm-hmm. you're, you're the slice of focus that you got to play with is incredibly small. And the guys in there were like, yeah, it's basically an impossible task. Um, it was
1: probably so expensive to shoot on it, they had to, like, like that was yeah. close enough. And they that said that in
0: the days of film, people did not shoot that shallow, which mm. makes sense. You go watch things that were shot on film. They're not that shallow. And I think a lot of that has to do with because you needed the margin for error. Um, and so I guess just because they made this technical decision and somebody said also Nolan... Often is more focused on performance than, you know, than maybe having the perfect perfect shot. But you know, that's so
1: distracting though. I,
0: I I I felt like that was wow. an oversight. Mm-hmm. Like I think that they should have had a conversation and been like, well. You know, we need to make sure that we're getting things in focus. Yeah, you know, like you guys, this is the highest level of Hollywood. The highest, and the yeah. People know this. You know, like I had to Google it to look it up, but that's because we shoot on FX sixes digitally, not seventy millimeter IMAX. So I was like, what? why aren't you getting focused? <laughs> you know, some like a DP of that movie should be like, well, when you're shooting on seventy millimeters wide open, your focus plane is going to be negative point five millimeters. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's maybe open it up a little bit wider
2: you're still going to have a lot of depth.
1: Yeah. Instead of shooting 1-8, let's shoot 3-5. Well, I yeah.
2: remember thinking in the movie, I saw a couple out-of-focus shots, and I st- distinctly remember thinking, um, like, I knew that Christopher Nolan shot the Batman movies, and or was a part of them, and they purposely took the lenses, like, out of tune. But no, not, not, that, that not that movie. That one. Not that one. He shot the so other the
1: latest ones. Batman he did oh, not do,
2: but I know in some of the Batmans that or that Batman, one of them they did that they to detuned it, the lens right. so it was
1: only focusing parts of the so lens I, and not I, the I whole thing. I was
2: thinking if I wonder if that was something that they were doing in Oppenheimer. I, I thought I, I was not.
1: looking at the wrong place. I would see the focus pull and I would be looking at where it's in focus. I'm like, wait, why am I looking there? I'm like, that's not where the action is. Then I'd go back to their mouth. And who was talking or where the action was, and it was out of focus.
2: Well, a lot of the, like the wide angle, like when he's sitting in that interrogation room or whatever, and he's like dead center, and they have like a 16 millimeter so close to his face, and he's like talking and leaning forward in and out, he goes in and out of focus. The focus doesn't follow him. Mm-hmm. Like when he's sitting here, he's in focus. And then like when he sits up and readjusts in his chair, and he goes forward, he's out of focus, and they or comes back. Or it's real
0: slow coming back. Right. Yeah.
1: They, did a, they did a rack focus one in one of tech the tech conversations. They did a rack does. focus. It was cut in between, I mean, it looks like it's cut between two cameras, but it was the same camera. And they cut to like, you know, if they had focus on you and then they pulled focus on Clay and the cut happens as he's pulling focus back to you and they cut in the middle of the focus pull.
2: It never makes it back to focus. Yeah, it
1: on was you. one clip. And I was like, why did they cut there? Why didn't they wait until something was in focus to get your eyes and then move?
2: They had-
1: and I thought, and, and, and I know we talked about this and we beat a dead horse again, but in those tiny little rooms that they shot him in, and I, I know they're trying to keep it historically accurate, but I think they could have churched up the lighting and churched up the aesthetic a little more to make it a little more dramatic. Or dramatic. It was just plain walls, plain chairs, plain tables, and black notebooks.
2: Well, and the first thing Ryer said... Well, I
0: guess part of that is I think that works for that, right? I mean, you don't want it to be in this, like... Fancy boardroom, you want it? Because yeah, they the t- trial done more than they did. Well, because the trial was like this backroom dealing sort of thing. Yeah, in this bureaucracy,
2: it kind of yeah, makes like sense. That was just like this little, this little room, they just shoved him in this room that they found. You know, Like, yeah. I get that. The first thing Ryer said when I gave him my two cents after the movie, and then he agreed with me, was he said there were like three random dip to blacks in there that like they couldn't put a transition. Dude,
0: shot that was in. another. One. I, I forgot said, about that. Yeah. Ex-
1: I said I was like, yeah. Like it wasn't
0: like a dip to black that made sense. It yeah, happened. Yeah. I was like.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. He's like, "That was a ch- very cheap edit." Like, what were you thinking? Like there's you, a couple things that I watched. And I'm like, "What the hell? Why did they do that?"
2: And I never noticed it till he said it after the oh, movie. Oh no! I, there's
1: one like, specific one I do remember thinking that exact same thing. I'm like, "They could have done a cool helicopter flyover and got us to that spot a lot better than that." The one I remember is
2: when, like, the bomb goes off and Oppenheimer has dude call his wife and tells her to hang up the sheets, or take down the That's sheets. That's the one I'm thinking and about. she's like, she never says anything, and it just dips to black while the lady's like, Kitty, Kitty on the phone, and mm-hmm. then it just dips to black and goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That was the one that stood out to me.
0: Well, and then he's... Oh, did they dip to him, like, being in the room to do the speech, or did they dip... No, they dip to him, like, waiting for the phone call of them using the bomb phone. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah comes yeah, over yeah, the yeah, radio, yeah. yeah. Which, like, I get that they needed to do the dip to black for time like to show that there was a discontinuity of time right that's standard um, but just the execution of it was was sloppy he needs to come to a red night
2: <laughs> class. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah he'll never listen to this and if he does it's have all the respect ha- i have all the respect in the world from him because he's made some of the best things ever oh i thought you were talking about the editor but no but, but well oh, the class. editor too but it's just like i don't know man i just it's not what I was hoping for and it never got there and I left without feeling anything and at the end of the day that's what makes that's what makes me want to go back to another movie yeah even even if it's a cheesy action flick at least you had some good action scenes. At least you had some fun. Oh man, did you see that one fireball and that car flip over? Like, at least I came away with something. That one is just like I
0: love an action film where you don't have to think about anything yeah. except for they do some weird stuff. You're like,
1: oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? then you're like, oh, how they get the camera in there? You know, like that's that usually the problem I have. Yeah. But that, but, no but, that but that those are really the good. things that I watch and I learn. I like look at shots, but there was I just still don't think there's any reason you should have shot that on 70 millimeter IMAX.
0: No. To say the they, explosion to say sequence was,
2: oh,
1: they show the bomb, they show the big bomb going off, and they show two little test bombs, little tiny ones, and then that's it. They don't show anything at Nagasaki, they don't show anything at Hiroshima. They just talk about it.
2: The bomb literally drives off, yeah, and the trucks. And, that's it. and I do remember thinking, how would you like to be that dude yeah. driving that truck? I bet he the didn't country. know
1: what's in there. He probably don't know what's in right. there.
2: No. But like, it drives off of the little town. I forget what it's called. Uh, Los Alamos. Los Alamos, and then like, next thing that happens, he's it in his office, like waiting for the phone call. Yeah, like yeah. nothing.
1: I I was near that area when I was doing my mule deer hunt. I wonder if they were still shooting any of it. Yell I, down there! Don't do the politics angle. Is that where <laughs> we? Is that
2: by where we were for that all dead hunt? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. White um, Sands Missile Range. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: I I doubt that they, um, I doubt that they like actually shot it there. I'm sure they shot it in some like desert No, really but that's close where Los Alamos was was where we yeah. were. Think Los so, yeah. Alamos now, I want to say is in uh no, I don't know. They might have gotten rid of it. I'm thinking. I got it mixed up because there's a there's a laboratory in California, Livermore, and it's got some clandestine stuff going on in there.
1: Anyway, but there's a bunch of them. I think that I mean, I think that I don't know. I think we've talked about it enough. Last we're time I to go see
2: a movie off of y'all's recommendation.
1: Dude, you need – I own Interstellar. <laughs> Just let me know, and I'll let you watch Interstellar. It's it's worth the watch. Blu- prom- is it on Blu-ray? No, I have it. I you bought it. You don't have a Blu-ray player. <laughs> I bought it. All right, I think we're going to wrap this up because i got to go get my kids. They're downstairs. Oh. All right, guys, peace. <laughs>